Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of At Home in His Love. All about how do we spend time with Jesus? What does it look like to make our home in Him? How do we learn more about His love by just being in relationship with Him? Hey, Joe, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, it's so nice to see you again. So, me and Joe were just chatting that we like finished uni and lockdown hit in March. So, we probably haven't seen each other for about a year or something. Uh, but it's nice to come back together and chat about God and what he's doing and just our lives and everything that's changed. So yeah. for anyone listening, yeah, could you just tell me who you are, what you're up to, who is Joseph Nabil? <laughs> yeah, so I'm currently studying in my f- uh, fourth year at uni. I'm a Christian. This all started about a year and a half ago. Should I give my whole testimony now? Or? Yeah, I think your testimony is quite unique, so okay, go for let's, it. Let's give it right now, then. This is, uh, this is all about me. Okay. Okay. So, so yeah, I'm Christian now, and uh, you know, I read God's word. I was not a Christian growing up. I didn't live like a Christian growing up, although I might have said that I was kind of because I had like a distant belief in God. But yeah, I study theoretical physics, so I know stuff about the universe and creation and all the wonderful things are very complicated. Uh, So for a long time, I was like a materialist. I only believed in things that were like seen or touched or things that there was evidence for, things that could be detected or monitored in some way. And I was very evidence-based. I was like, well, what's the evidence say? Uh, so one of the big questions that I'd had for a long time, but especially this was summer of it been 2019, that summer, like something was just in me. Like I, I literally was so after finding the truth, if it was even possible. Like I was willing to go to any religion, any belief. I was willing to accept that it just wasn't out there. Just one day out of nowhere, I was curious and decided to read the Bible because it, I mean, it completely went against my whole evidence mindset, but I was willing to put that on the back burner and just see where it went. And it was crazy when I read the Bible, you know, I just always say to people, I just believed it. You know, I really believe that God had a massive influence on me that way. Like that was how I got saved. I read the Bible. I didn't know any Christians. I didn't go to a church. I didn't know any pastors. No one was talking to me about God. Absolutely no reason for me to have done that. And I completely got changed and I'm still being changed to this day. And like I said, I believed it. And it's, I still think it's a miracle. And I'm still mm-hmm. learning so much for everything I, at the time, even I became a Christian. I didn't know any Christians. I wasn't going to a church. So crazy. And everything just followed after that, and it's been wonderful. And I've gotten into apologetics, and like I've really started, I don't know, working on my theological mind. You know, I really like getting into the big topics and like trying to get this uh, the scriptures figured out. Like, what's God trying to portray here? What does God want me to learn? Mm. Uh, so I've just been growing with God, and like I always tell people, I was willing to just read the Old Testament. If I didn't think Jesus was the Christ, I would have just become a Jew, right? But I was completely convinced, like, Jesus is the Christ. Like, this is it, you know. Jesus is the truth. And, you know, it's just been the best thing that ever happened to me. And I just give thanks to God for that. Yeah, that's so awesome. So where did you start in the Bible? Because I think there's been people who want to know God, have tried to seek him, have opened the word and then just been like, nah, this isn't for me. So why, why do you think it was different for you? Okay, I'm going to say this. I'll tell you where I started. And I'm also going to say, if you're starting, if you're looking to read it, don't start where I started. Okay. <laughs> that disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, just don't, don't do this. But I knew that the book of Revelation was something to do with the end of the world. And this is really where the curiosity came. I had questions like, what happens when I die? Like, is the world actually going to end? I knew about Jesus. Didn't 
know if he was actually the son of God, didn't know what that even meant. I was like, people say he's coming back, and I knew something about that was in Revelation. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where I started reading. Don't do that if you've never read them. <laughs> it's very confusing. It's very confusing. But that's what I did, and I was so fascinated and blown away, and almost scared because some of the things that happened in that book that I just wanted to read the rest. And I was just so content with, I'm going to read it, all of it. So I just went from Genesis and back to Revelation. I just read it from cover to cover. Made a lot more sense that time when I'd got to Revelation. Yeah. And read it through again. <laughs> um, but yeah, Genesis, Exodus, you know, Leviticus, going through it, it you know, I, it was heavy. You know, there's a lot of things I didn't get the first time around, which is fine. You know, I feel like God still taught me things fresh that first time around. And you know, like I said, I just believed it. And it changed. Like after reading Revelation that first time, I, I did not, I wasn't a Christian. I was confused. Mm. But then as I kept on studying and like I actually started to know the Lord. Like I started talking to God. I was like, who is this God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob? Or who is the God of David or Elijah? You know, like, who is he? You know, I wanted to know him. And I believed that he was real and, you know, he showed me. It reminds me of that um, Bible verse, which is like, if you seek me, you will find me. And I think we often like struggle to think that that's actually a promise that will come true when God promises things. We can trust that. So that's super awesome. Thanks for sharing. So if you started with Revelation and then were seeking to know God more, like what did your relationship and how you responded to God look like? Like, did you start with being like, okay, God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, like, who are you? Or was it like, God, are you there? Like, what, what did that conversation look like? It's a really good question. I, I, I do think back, I was thinking about the other day, like, what was it like? I wanted to think back, how was I praying when I first mm. was reading and when I was first meeting God? Like, how was I actually praying? At first, I was very, because I'd been reading the law. So I knew, like, I had all these, and even though I knew that this law was given as, like, to the Jew you know you have that understanding well at least for me reading it's like a constitution for them but even straight away I was like okay you don't play with God like God is serious like God has these statutes he has these judgments Mm. you know God is clear it's not like confusion with God God knows what he wants for me like sometimes a lot of times what I do is I quote scripture when I pray I still do that just because I like the scripture is just that wonderful to me and you know I I, sometimes I read it and I'm like I really get that I want to pray that especially like the book of Psalms is full of prayers but even so, like in, even in the law, there's so many statements like that. Or, I, you know, I'd pray like, God, if, if you're going to be with me or, you know, God, if your mercy is everlasting, you know, I pray that you forgive me and you know, lead me in the way because I want to know you. And it was a lot of asking to, to know God. Like, that's really what I was asking for at that time. I had no idea where it was going, but it was just me like calling on on the name of the Lord. Mm. Yeah, so good. And just before we started recording, you said that you've kind of seen like some of God's glory and signs and wonders. So when mm. you've been asking for him to show up, yeah, do you have any moments or experiences that you want to share? I either see things in my dreams that then have happened or have been related to things that have happened or I've been praying. And unfortunately, this only happens negatively. Like I will be praying and I'll be praying for someone and I'll have like a really bad feeling all of a sudden and something bad has happened. And that's happened twice. Things like that, obviously it's like supernatural and I give glory to God and it is upsetting. But when I have things like that, so much glory in itself right there, that God communicated that to me. And I have seen like things in my dreams that are like super related to my life where I've been praying about something and maybe I've not received an answer. And then in my dream that night, I'll I'll receive something which completely answers whatever I was praying about. Um, So things like that are wonderful and like I've genuinely just prayed to God being confused about things sometimes. I'll just pray to him and there and then it's just instantly I'm not confused anymore. 
and I know what I should do or I know what the appropriate thing to do is. Mm. So for part of my Christian life, I think I definitely was more like praying for myself and quite internally focused. But I started praying about like other things and like things that I was working on. And I remember like finding that through praying or like when I was just like talking about it, I would have an idea and then I'd write it down. And it only was like a year later when I was talking to a friend and they were like, you do realise that was like the Holy Spirit telling you those ideas. And I was like, oh, OK, like, thank you, God, for answering that. I think you really touched on something there of like the different ways that God speaks to different people, because not I didn't think everyone would say that they do hear from God in dreams, even though he can reveal that. But it's like really cool that that's his personal way that he speaks to you. So when you like would have a bad feeling about something or you know you need to pray into it like how would you intercede a lot of times like I remember when it first happens I start getting confused I'm like what's this you know initially I'm like, oh, hold on I'm praying why, why do I have a bad a bad feeling right mm. now but obviously I'd know what I'm thinking of or what I'm praying about and I immediately I my thought like, I just turned to God like God please don't let this be too bad or I'm immediately trying to be like give me understanding let me you know act in the way that I should you know what can I do to help or what's going to happen so I'm immediately like if God's riling up my spirit like there's got to be something up there was someone who'd gotten sick and it was either a day or two before I found out I was praying for that person and this happened like I had this feeling and obviously I instinctively just pray for that person if I think something bad's going to happen I'm going to pray and I didn't know of course until they then came and saw me the next like two days one or two days later and told me and, and then I went back up to my room and obviously I was upset but I was like wow like God told me about this Even yeah. I was just dazed for a moment like really like God did that mm. you gotta you gotta pray immediately like if God if you're praying and, and God really stirs you up pray more than keep praying and you probably don't know even the power of like your prayers of what you might have saved that person from or reduced the pain in definitely definitely yeah so you kind of talked about like being invested in the word and like you really love the scriptures and now you've talked about like hearing from God in the spirit. How do you balance that? Because I think we often have these feelings like, oh, this church really focuses on this and this church does that. But like God calls us to be quite balanced in everything. So how do you, yeah, how do you keep that balance? I have this approach where like every day, I don't even think I wanted to do this. This is just the way God te- like has mm, done it. Every the way day, the spirit taught you. Every day when I read. I'm learning something that's it like I always you know I want to open my bible out so it's like what am I going to learn today or what's God going to show me and you know that's wonderful and that's amazing I love hearing from God and I love learning I guess for me the thing is as much as I love the word sometimes I can get caught up in just wanting to read and pray and and not actually go out and do stuff you know because when I first came a Christian I didn't know any Christians it was very difficult for me to actually practice any faith all I had was me a bible and I'd sit in my room and pray and that was it literally there was nothing else and whenever I talked to people I'd be like the sole Christian I'd be having to defend it and I'd you know I'd be just lone ranger Christian and it's and it is quite difficult to practically do things in that situation you know Mm. so for me I've learned that even like even now in lockdown this is a good time to how we can get balance here because you can't just be reading the scriptures and doing nothing You, you just can't do that you know, for me, like, it's been about being creative. Like, what can I do practically? You can just pray for people. Like, praying for people is an amazing thing you can do. Just literally think of the first name that comes to your head and pray for them. You know, if you know someone that's going through something and maybe they're not even a Christian or maybe you're not even on good terms with them, just pray for them. Another thing is just sharing faith with people. It takes a lot of boldness to do that. But if you've been reading the scriptures, you've got all this revelation from God. All this knowledge and wisdom is not just for you. Every human being has been made for God you know, for him and by him and to glorify him. 
And it's not a thing that I should feel like I better not bring up God because that's an awkward conversation. If God has given me these gifts, you know, I'm so filled with joy. I should share it with people because you look in the world, like people need that. There are so many people that need that. Even if they won't receive it initially, you just plant a few seeds and that person can come back around. Yeah, I think there's probably going to be a lot of people convicted by what you're saying. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, it's good because it's the Holy Spirit who does the convicting. So you can obviously tell that you're like super, super passionate about like the Lord and everything. Are you always this passionate day to day or are there sometimes when it fades? And if it does fade, like I definitely think mental health has been like more of a struggle for people. And sometimes people don't really have that will to like pray or want to come before the Lord or might have the passion, but kind of can't get that practically have you yeah what's your experience with that being I mean I, I'd say in this regard I'm very lucky like I've never even sometimes I want to feel distant to God when I've done something that I shouldn't but he's just always there like sometimes uh, like God I'm, I'm not in the mood to pray but I can't like if you're a Christian you'll understand when the spirit calls you and he just always does it he never lets me even though I in myself want to go astray he never lets me go through with that you know he's always pulling me back and, you know I love it at times I was confused as well about things, just not having knowledge. And that made me feel like it wasn't true. That really takes away from your faith as well, naturally. So those are probably the times where I felt distant. Like there's a lot of people now, I think, who are Christians, but confused about things, which is okay, but it can lead like it did to me with doubts and the lack of faith. And you start really questioning, not just certain aspects of Christianity, but you just start questioning if it's even true, which is a really dangerous thing like it's not it's a hard nice. battle to be in like although you've come through that there are still people who probably like are either like st- like feel quite trapped in sin right now or like have experienced that like distance like how did you know that you could come back to God <laughs> yeah reading the scriptures knowing it's, it's the I mean the example I always think of was Israel in the wilderness for 40 years I think if he persevered with them 40 years I think he couldn't do a day with me but you know, it's just me in my, uh, I'm like, I've sinned, that's it. God doesn't want me anymore. And, you know, it's, it's over, like I blew it. But is it ultimately was the scripture for me. The one mm. that comes to my mind now is Isaiah 54. And it just, the chapter before that, it talks about the sufferings of Christ. You know, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace fell upon him. And the next chapter, it's just like a fountain of blessing just pours out on, on all of you know, those that received that blessing in Christ and being forgiven, you know, being completely forgiven, washed clean and given the perfect righteousness of God. And sometimes it's like, do I have the faith to believe that God can forgive me for everything? Mm. And I mean, the answer has got to be yes. You know, if I've got any doubts about that, then there's a serious problem. And I think early when I was coming to know God, I thought of him more like a human being, like human beings will be like that. You, you know, you do something really bad to them. That's it. You know, you could blow it. They'll have a grudge against you. They won't want you. They don't want to be a friend anymore. But God's not like that. You know, God is not like people usually meet. And there's really nice people that we know in our lives as well, like our family. But God is so much higher and better. Like he wants you. He loves you. It's not like that. He's not. You don't sin and then he's undone. Mm. I just had that in my mind. And it wasn't. I don't know where it came from. You know, it didn't come from the Bible. It, it was just me. Really, like it's okay to wrestle with that because I think we know the deeper levels of God's grace by having those moments where we think, wow, like I've really fallen short. I feel so far away from you. And then he loves to just like lavish it on when we return. It reminds me of Hebrews 4 where it says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. 
and yeah he's always willing for us to come confidently when we're returning to him which is awesome but like I think often he like if he wants to teach us something in a season and we may not have fully got it or we still seem to be doing the same thing like he'll just keep saying it and keep like showing it to us until we get it so yeah I don't think it's probably part of the relationship that you've gone on with him that that was like your journey because now you can speak of like the grace that you've received and how sin doesn't stop us and you've kind of like touched about this uh just like throughout but yeah what kind of habits do you have I remember you telling me that you would read like psalms before bed yeah so just like what does it look like day to day what kind of habits after being a Christian for how many years year and a half now year and a half yeah so after a year and a half of knowing the Lord what would you encourage someone else to do that's been really like fruitful for you well, it's good that you brought up the Psalms because recently I reread all of the Psalms a second time and I only started doing this at about Psalm 36. But every time I read something that was a really good prayer or that I really wanted to keep, I'd copy it and put it on a big like thing of notes that I've got on my phone. So now I've got a, basically a massive compilation of like prayers in the Psalms that I do every morning. There's probably, there's probably like 40 or 50 of them now. They're like four or five verses max each. And I just go through a few of them every morning. And you start to learn them over time, but they're really good. And there's some wonderful meditations for me every morning. Mm. I know I had this thing where I want the first words out of my mouth every morning to be given praise to God. I don't know why. I just like that. I love and, that. And that makes it very easy to have it. You, go, you know, you've got the Psalms right on your phone and, you know, you can just open that up every morning and give like, and there's, there's a lot of different prayers in it. Cause like I said, there's, there's a lot of Psalms and, you know, I took any time I saw something I liked, I took it and uh, saved it on my phone. So whatever mood I'm in and whatever I need for the day, you know, I've got something to pray for. Something I've been thinking about is just, so lockdown, obviously, community looks really different. And you kind of had probably more of a solitary, like lone wolf Christian phase before, mm-hmm. like even lockdown hit and you had to like do things by yourself. What what do you desire out of community and what did you find really helped you in your walk of faith after being, yeah, I guess alone in it for a while? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It was very strange when I started to know other Christians, like really strange. I'd gotten so used to being the only Christian. I was like, I must be the only Christian in Brighton. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> Genuinely, because every time the topic would come up, it'd be me defending God. And when it was time to worship, it'd be me alone. And it'd mm. be, you know, quiet just in my room. And that was wonderful. But that was all that I knew. For me, just being able to talk openly with others about God and being able to worship with others and hear from others and learn from others and see other people that were pursuing that relationship with God it was amazing. I was blown away by it. Like there are actually other people that do this as well. It's not just me. And then being able from that, there's so many opportunities that were in the Christian union for me to go and share that with people that weren't Christians and which is, is really difficult on your own. Yeah. I mean, you, you can on your own. And I tried, but it's like when you got your brothers and your sisters with you, so much better but is there anything that you found in Christian communities that you actually thought oh it's really weird they do that or I don't think that's biblical or I'm surprised that Christians are living out their faith like this because you kind of got the like the authority and the discipleship first from the spirit and the Lord before you got it in community and I think some people have come through church and then their personal journey comes a bit later so yeah just wondering if you have any answers to that big question yeah, that's a good question. One thing that I'm very particular about is Bible jokes. I feel like there is quite a lot of Bible jokes that get made. And even though I might think they're funny, I'm like, I'm quite skeptical about that. And I don't really make Bible jokes ever. What would examples of that be? Like, like memes or 
oh, here's me on my way to sin. And the Holy Spirit comes and stops me. Like, that's a serious thing. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I know it seems kind of funny, mm. but if you're a Christian, like, that's actually a battle that you go through. Like, that's yeah. Not, like, and I'm you've not gonna, been through that battle yeah. yourself. Right. It, if you, like, if you're a human being, like, sin is known to you, sadly. It's just the way, you know, this is a fallen creation. And it's not just that. There's so many, like, other things that it might just be, not as in a demeaning way, but it's still just as a joke. And I, for me, it's just very serious. And I don't want to, I don't want to dishonor God in that way. I think, yeah, it's good for you to say that because I think there's probably stuff that has become a lot more lapse or being like, oh, haha, this church does that and kind of like church jokes as well. Mm. But actually, like, if this is the body of Christ and Jesus loves his church, then we should be honoring it as much as he is. I guess I was surprised that there are some Christians out there that really don't, like, they're not familiar with the Bible. And obviously, like, I don't, don't want to be like a, like a disappointed parent or something, but <laughs> it is a bit like disheartening, I guess, is the word. Because sometimes there's, they'll like ask questions that I know that there's answers for in scripture. For me, I just always try and encourage people to read. And, you know, I share why it's important to me. Because I catch myself sometimes, like I'll know the answers in scripture. I know I can seek it, but I'm, I'm just like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm confused. But like the Bible grounds us in it really it does have all the answers and like it is fully authoritative not just sufficient that's what sufficient comes up but it's like more than we need you know it's everything that we could ask for and I really want to reiterate that to anyone that has doubts like it's everything that I've ever needed I've learned everything from there like my whole life changed because I never I wouldn't have become a Christian if I didn't read the bible so it really is not just sufficient but it's everything that we could need and more and what you said about like who we're getting our answers from reminded me of I was reading Galatians yesterday and it says this is Paul but even if we are an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you let him be a curse and although it's strong language it's just saying like the only person that you should be trusting like ultimately is Jesus and his words of life so but yeah I, I love hearing stories about people who have come to faith or like come to know Jesus through really like random ways where like only God could have done it it just gives us hope for like our family and friends who may not know Jesus yet that like he still can meet them and yeah. especially if they're open to it like he wants to answer their questions actually reading the word you know it could look different like when I read the Psalms, a lot of them, like I was really praying through it because that's just how the Psalms are written. But if you read the gospel and you're like praying through that, the gospel is like a, it's like the, you know, documented life of Jesus. So that is, when you read that, you should be, I mean, for me, I always closely observe, what does Jesus do? Like, I'm really looking into it. Like, what would I do if I was there? What would I ask Jesus? Like, what, you know, what is immediately coming to my mind? And what does God want me to take from it? Especially like some Bibles have the words of Christ in red. Like when I see those red words, just receive it. Like believe that he's, these aren't just words. Like this is God talking to me. We're supposed to get out of the Bible. Like it's really God speaking to man. That's just an attitude thing, but also praying about it will really help. Mm, and that's so awesome. reading over it again, asking God questions, like just out loud, like God, you know, what does this mean? What can I take from this? Or how would you like me to, to interpret this because the scripture is not meant to be what do I think about it is what does God intend with that scripture and why was it written and why is because the Bible's 66 books and they're not randomly selected it's not just anything compiled together these are 66 books that God chose to be the authoritative word like this couldn't have been put together by just some you know just any people like just throw the, throw the books together like this is it like this is what we have to go off of and our eternity depends on the words in that book so we've got to be 
serious about it and God's been serious about it. And people, I mean, people suffered for that word. And Paul was in prison in chains writing some of those letters. You know, Jeremiah, the prophet, was being persecuted. They threw him in a dungeon. You know, David was persecuted by Saul. I mean, there's so many things that went into that word and into God accomplishing his purpose. I mean, and Christ ultimately, you know, we know what the gospel is, right? It's he saved us for eternity. And I think there's just a serious demeanor you should go in there and and uh, understand that this is God. This is God's word. What does God want me to take? Such a good answer. Thank you. So what like what do you want to see happen in the world? Yeah, either in your life or like what are you hungry for? And just a follow on question. Has that changed since you became a Christian or have you found that God's like enhanced some of your passion? Oh, I'll say this. The things that I wanted before I was a Christian, they don't even, I don't even know what they are anymore. They, are, okay. <laughs> they have nothing to do with me anymore. <laughs> it's completely changed. My entire view of myself, the people around me in the world, it's completely flipped upside down, which is a good thing because I had things the wrong way up initially. I mean, if, if you're saying, what do I want for the world? That's a, I mean, that's a really big question. I, I often think, you know, what does God want for the world and what's actually going to happen? How much longer is humanity going to be? messing stuff up in the nicest way Mm. I mean what I really want is God's kingdom to come like that's that's the prize you know I was I don't know today I was thinking about keeping my eyes on the prize which is a cliche saying but and I was like what what do I think of the prizes and you know it was was Jesus you know I I want to see Jesus come back and be king of the world you know I want to see all those promises all the blessings that God has stored up for us in Christ I want to see that I don't know what it looks like. I think it'd be blinding if I saw it, but I want to mm. see. I want to see that. You know, I want to see all of God's glory filling the earth, and I want to see heaven and earth in one wonderful union. And that's really out there, but you know, that's the only thing that that you know God is is working for towards the end. Nothing shorter than that. You know, that's what God is is you know planned to do. That's what He's already predetermined to happen. And I, you know, that's what we that's what we mean when we say you know Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what we want. You know, that's what we yearn mm. for is his kingdom. The problem is if I were to look at anything in the world now before Christ comes back, I know it's all just going to fall short of what God really wants. And the only thing that, you know, I know that truly that you can give to someone that is really going to mean anything eternally is, is Christ, you know, sharing your faith with them. You know, there's lots of people that will go out and, you know, give to those who are poor and, you know, I've got something like I've done some myself, like we should all try and share what we have with those who don't have it. But then I need to challenge myself. Should I share my faith with them as well? Because if you give someone a piece of bread and they eat it, they'll get hungry the next day. But if you give them your faith, you know, Jesus said, whoever drinks, well, this is like the story in John chapter four, whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst again. It's the living water. If someone's thirsty and you give them a drink, that's good until they get thirsty again. But if you share your faith with them, that and that really lasts. So obviously, I want to see as many people saved as possible. I mean, the Bible says it's God's will that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. And that's, you know, that's his long suffering. That's his patience with us. So that's really what I want to see for as many people as possible. You were saying that, like, lockdown has made you feel quite see-through to the Lord. And there's kind of a purification that's happening. What kind of things do you want to see God move in, like, your character or yourself or, I guess, in the individual during this time? Yeah, I mean, this is quite a general one, but I do want God to increase my faith. And that's something that's been happening since I've been a Christian. Like my prayers have become more bold. And I, you know, I have been, like I've already said, I've been seeing signs and wonders and I love that. 
I don't want it to become stale though. I want God to like challenge me to pray for things that I really think are quote unquote impossible because a bunch of the other stuff that I've, that's happened to me is impossible and, and just blows my mind. But you know, God doesn't want that to stop. It should be like that every day. I think God wants me to really rely on his promises. I think once uh, we spoke, well, one thing I mentioned briefly was having the faith to believe that God can really forgive me for everything. Like not having that faith did cause me trouble one time, well, a few times actually. So having the faith to really cling onto those promises and, and just believe them over and over whenever the trouble comes, falling back on those promises, because that's what's going to get me through whatever comes my way during my life. And, and, and now, obviously, I'm so interested in what God wants for my life. Actually understanding, like for me, this is a, a crazy revelation is that when I found out that God is intricately aware of every little detail in my life, I used to think that God didn't care about large parts of my life. It was only the Christian stuff. And I've learned that like everything that I should do in my life, I should be doing with God to glorify God. And if I can't do that, if I can't glorify God by doing this thing, then I shouldn't be doing it. And that has been with me for a while. And there's a bit in Corinthians that says, you know, therefore, whatever you eat, or whatever you drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And if I can't do it for the glory of God, then I shouldn't be doing it. And I really want to take that as high as possible, like not just to what, to what I do, but not even just the words that I say, the things that I see. I want it to be like the intents of my heart. I really want a new heart and a new spirit, one that walks after the Lord and you know, loves his law and meditates on it. And I want to be filled with the faith of Jesus. That's what I want. What do you think that looks like? Because I think some people fall into the trap of thinking, like, it's the stuff you do on a Sunday. That's like the glory thing. So it like only looks like prayer and the word and this. But what about like the fact that you love like physics and theoretical conversations and like learning about the world and truth? Like, how does the glory come into studies? I mean, there's a big part of it that you always have to Bring yourself back. And this is what I do when I struggle to see how can I get God involved. I think every atom in the universe belongs to God. My thoughts, my mind, my brain, everything belongs to God. There's nothing that I can do that isn't seen by him. Like there's nowhere that I go to hide. There's, there's no time that he goes to sleep or God's meditating. He's not aware of me now. He, God doesn't go out on a walk and forget where I am. And then he has to come back. Where, where's he gone? Where's he hiding? Yeah, wait, wait, John's gone. For me, that grounding reminder like god is eternal god is sovereign he sees all he knows all reminds me like okay what am i doing right now what's the purpose like what can i you know what's the good thing that i can do now because one thing i was thinking about is uh in genesis it says after god makes certain things like you've got the you know the six days of creation god saw what he's made and it was good and then he makes man and then there's the final day and he's, where he makes man where he made adam and eve and he says God saw what he had made and indeed it was very good. So there is like a moral goodness to this creativity that we have. And that's obviously downstream from God because in our own lives, we, you know, in God's image, we're able to do things. We can say things, we can be creative. So I guess I've been challenging myself to really see the moral value in all the things that I do. And that, that really has helped me sort of sift out the things that I don't need to be doing because if I'm doing something and I'm like, I don't think this is giving glory to God. That's the indicator. Don't do it. So, yeah, I, I guess thinking through everything that I do carefully and not, not just for the sake of being hyper, hyper specific. Like, OK, this has got to be exactly done like this, but just for the sake of like having a purpose and, and really having meaningful days and doing things that matter. Hmm. I guess your question as well is like, if Jesus returned and we're living in the perfect kingdom, would this be there? And yeah. I guess that's a good test for 
like right now am I doing kingdom culture or am I just living as the world does that's my dream as well to be doing things that have like not not that I can bring this like it's only through the Lord but like more eternal significance where like you would see the redemptive work and like this isn't part of the fall this is actually part of God's redemption so I believe great things can happen through us and through your passion and just your consistent like seeking him really 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 happy that you talked and just giving like a different perspective as well like we've had people chatting about like prayer and the spirit speaking um but I think you've really focused on the word which is something that we need to really rely on so just really appreciate that so thank you for coming on do you have any Instagram handles you want to like let people know about any kind of secret blogs or Facebook videos or are you a secret (laughs) influencer no no honestly my (laughs) my my Instagram is like a wasteland like there's nothing going on there so don't worry (laughs) Don't worry. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. I hope I said some words of wisdom. Let's hope. Definitely did. Thanks so much, guys, for tuning in. There'll be another episode next week. Hit me up or my guests on the socials if you want to know more. But yeah, if anything has resonated with you today, please pray about it. Seek the Lord about it. If you feel like it's something for you for this season um, or to incorporate in your life, then yeah, please do that because intentionality can bring so much expectation of what we think the Lord is going to do with us um, and in this world and in the season and with the church. So it's great to just be getting stuck in and asking him more and more.